Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, TC. Let's get it for Jesus across this place. Come on, all those that got baptized. We celebrate with you guys, man. We are so excited. We're jumping into our next part of the This Is Us series. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is us. Come on, say it like you believe. Turn to the person you just neglected on the other side of you, right? And say, this is us. If you're at home, turn to your dog, cat, coffee maker, whatever it is. Like just, this is us, all right? We're jumping into our, our message today. How many guys have ever had moments of life that impacted you deeply, right? Anybody had those types of moments that were just super impactful? Uh, have you ever had those moments of life where maybe they impacted you, but uh, in, in such a way that they left a memory, but they weren't exactly great moments, Anybody ever had one of those? Uh, I was downtown eating with my wife one time. We, we like to go and try new restaurants, and some of our friends were with us. And so, man, we said, let's go downtown and try what was one of my favorite restaurants. They haven't reopened it yet, uh, Urban Swinery. And so we were eating downtown outside. And uh, so we're eating, we hear this pop. And I was like, that was peculiar, right? Uh, and then we just kept doing what we were doing, and then cop cars start driving by. Um, and I was like, I don't like the direction this is going in, right? And then all of a sudden we're eating our food and all we hear is get on the ground, get on the ground. And I look and there's like guns drawn, dudes standing there. Like it was getting hostile real quick. And so I took off running, <laughs> right? So all it took was get on the ground. Oh my gosh, I'm gone. All right. So um, my wife looked at me and said, you just left me here? To which I responded, you didn't follow me? <laughs> like, uh, you know, and I believe there's two different types of people in this world. There's the, I want to see what's going on over here type of people. And then there's the, nope, type of people. And I wouldn't say that they're segmented by skin color. But <laughs> in my experience, there is a commonality across situational boundaries. All right. But anyways, I was like, nope, I'm out of here. And I believe there's a story in the Bible where something similar happened, and it's in the book of Exodus. And we're going to go there today, Exodus chapter 3. And there's, there's this man named Moses, and if you, if you haven't heard of him, he had an interesting backstory. But we're just going to kind of pick up on this moment in his life where things were actually pretty good for him. He had gone through a lot, but in this moment, he was actually pretty good. He had gotten married. He was uh, living uh, on his in-laws' estate, raising animals, and, and kind of life was good. And we pick up in verse 2 through 4, and it says, There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire, but it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see what this strange sight is. Anyways, why does the bush not burn up? And it goes on to say, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses didn't say, what in the world? Moses didn't say, this is peculiar. Moses didn't say, what well, we all would say, nope, right? He was like, here I am. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, if I see a burning bush randomly in the middle of the desert in places that fires aren't even being started because no one's around, I'm not staying to check it out, right? I'm, I'm, I'm on my way in the other direction. Like, mm, I don't like what's going on over there, right? 
But here's the thing. I can see Moses now. Like, that's so strange, right? But here's the thing that I think is interesting. He had to watch it long enough to see that the fire wasn't consuming it. So like when you read the text, he saw that the fire wasn't burning it up, right? So when you watch anything on fire, it takes a little while to go, okay, this is, it's on fire, but it's not going anywhere, which means he sat there for a while and was just like, wow, wow, which is how some of us look at like, you might have like one of those (laughs) bad relationships around you and you're just watching it like a bad car wreck, like, wow. Anyway, so he was looking at it and he was noticing that it wasn't like this moment in Moses' life was God getting his attention. It was an experience that Moses had with God. Turn to your neighbor and say experience. Because that's what I want to talk about today. We all have these experiences that mark us. And so God tells Moses, he says, I want you to go back to Pharaoh. I want you to go to the Egyptians and I want you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. You see the Israelites, God's people were in slavery to the Egyptians. And God says, I want you to go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Right? And so Moses had to answer the question that I believe all of us have to answer in our lives. And here's the question. Am I satisfied with how God is using my life or do I wish there was more? Am I satisfied with how God is using my life or do I wish there was more? Have you ever been in that place in your life where you wish God was doing more with your life? Like asking the question, look in the mirror, man, I wish there was a little bit more to what God is doing. And this is the question that Moses had to answer. Now at TC, we answer that question all the time because here's the reality. We are never satisfied with what God has done. We're always looking at him to do more. We're always looking at him. Turn to your neighbor and say more. Now, I don't know if all of you went to the seafood festival yesterday and ate way too much or what, but you guys are quiet this morning. So I'm going to need the dream team to come to life for me for a second. All right. So, but we like... We're always looking for God to do more because here's the deal. Uh, Our code says we are passionate in our pursuit. We are passionate in our pursuit. And there's four ways that shows up. And the first one I want to give you is that we're passionate in our pursuit after the call. After the call. What is the call? The call is the moment. The call is the time when God comes after you. And it doesn't matter where you've been in your life. And quite frankly, some of us could attest, it doesn't matter where we're at in that moment. Has anybody ever had God do something amazing in your life, show up in your life? And if you were honest, you weren't even looking for him in that moment. It wasn't like you were like, oh man, I think God would be a good idea right now. You had just got done with Friday and Saturday and all of a sudden you woke up one Sunday and God did something. Or he met you on a Monday afternoon or a Wednesday morning. It wasn't like you were going after God. It almost seemed as if God was coming after you. And that's the call. That's the moment. I believe all of us need to have this burning bush type of moment in our life where where God does something to get our attention. And sometimes it's a good thing and sometimes it's a bad thing. But listen to me, God wants our attention because for every person, there is a call. There's a moment where he wants to mark in our history books the time where we go, undeniably, that was the moment that God got my attention. That was the experience that I had with God. He wants those things to happen in our life and change us to the point that we want to listen to me, do something with our lives. That's God's ultimate desire. And Moses had this moment where he said, even though I've got all of these things, even though things are good in my life, God said, I have something more for you. And I want you to go to Exodus 6, 6 through 7. I want to see, let's see what God says to Moses. Then the Lord said to Moses, therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. 
I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know, say no. Then you will know that I am the Lord, your God. In other words, he says, um, this is what I've come to you. I've met you. And now I want to do something with your life. And that's what happens in Exodus chapter six. So here's a question that I have for you that maybe you could answer. You don't have to answer it out loud, but maybe you could answer. What is it in your life that is inhibiting your ability to experience God? What is it in your life? That's inhibiting, that's stopping, that's delaying, that's hitting the pause button. What is it in your life that's putting a wall between you and experiencing God? Because I believe that God has a desire that we would experience him in fullness, that we would really know who he is. But for some of us, hear me, there's something standing in the way of that. And I just wrote down a few of them that I think we could probably resonate with. The first one is, is busyness. It's sitting on the screen, but just... Just some of the ones that I had, I think for some of us, we're too busy to experience God. Like, God, I'll have time for you after I do all these things with the gifts you gave to me. Now, I don't think we would phrase it like that, but isn't that what we're doing? Hey, after that job you gave me, and after I washed that car you gave me, and after I go hang out with those friends you surrounded me with, and after I do all these things, then I'll find time for you if there is any. And not about you, I've fallen into that place before where busyness overtook me. How about anybody have pride stand in the way of your experience with God? I think for some people, we look around at others, even in church. We look around at church and we go, man, it looks like, it looks like God has really met them in a powerful way. And I don't, I don't feel like I've ever had that experience with God. And hear me, there is a level of getting past yourself that is required to experience God that way. Some of us are looking for God to experience us rather than us experience God. We're looking to experience God on our terms, with our conditions. Anybody guilty of this? In our time frame. Like, have you ever, like, carved out time for God and you were like, all right, God, now's the moment that I really need you to show up in my life. <laughs> and God's like, I was trying to on Tuesday, but you, you were surrounded by the friends that you didn't think were going to like what you had to say, and so you didn't. You didn't experience me when I wanted to experience you. Like, what happens? We can be too proud. And then the last one, which I think we all could fall into this category, is I think sometimes we're just too distracted to experience God. We're too distracted. There's so many things in our life, and God's saying, listen, I want you to have a true experience with me, and I want you to encounter. And Ephesians 1, 17 says like this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the glorious Father may give you the spirit of, these words, wisdom and revelation. Wisdom and revelation, but for what purpose? This is what he says, so that you may know him better. I'd be praying that you would have an experience with God so that you could know him better. Now, this is beautiful because here's the deal. Knowing God is the first step to anything. Knowing God is the first step to really pursuing a life of fulfillment. Knowing God is the first step to really having true peace and joy in your life. Many people have been successful without God and we're still miserable. But God says, knowing me is key because then after you know me, this is the second thing that we love at our church. We love going into a passionate, we love being passionate in our pursuit after freedom. So we're passionate in pursuit after the call. 
which is that moment where people get to meet God. And we love creating an environment for people to meet God, but then we're passionate in our pursuit after freedom. You see, because we have to be released from bondage. When we go back to Exodus 6, we see that God's speaking to Moses. And we're going to break this text down over and over again to show you what God was actually saying to Moses and what God was wanting for the Israelites physically. He wants for us spiritually. All right. And so he says, then the Lord said to Moses, therefore, say to the Israelites, say Israelites, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I'm going to bring you out from their yoke. I'm going to bring you out from their, their physical torment. I will free you from being slaves to them. Now, here's a question I have for you. Why do you need to be freed from being slaves to them if you're already out from under the yoke? Why would he repeat what seems to be the same exact thing? And I'll answer it this way. How many guys have ever met someone that was in a toxic relationship and they kept talking about how they couldn't wait to get out of that toxic relationship only to find themselves going back to the same one or a different version of that one? Right? Because here's the reality. <laughs> the problem isn't the environment that they're in. The problem is that the environment got in them. You see, we don't need to just be free from what's around us. We need to be freed from what's inside of us. I, I, I said it like this. True freedom isn't about getting away from the place or the person that hurt us. True freedom is about getting what is inside of us out of us. True freedom isn't just about getting you out of the bondage. Listen to me. It's about getting the bondage out of you. And for many of us, we think that if we could change our environment and we could get away from that person, all of a sudden things will get better. But I'm here to tell you, those things tend to follow us, don't they? Isn't it interesting how those traumatic experiences, those situations still tend to follow us even after we're out of them? Come on, help me out. Like, isn't it interesting how those things still show up in our lives even though we're no longer around that person or we're no longer in that place? Why? Because listen to me, those things still exist in us. As a matter of fact, they exist in us so deeply that for some of us, we've connected our identity to our trauma. We don't know who we are without being the hurt person. So now I just have to be the hurt person because if I'm not the hurt person, I don't even know who I am anymore. And I would rather be the hurt person than be nobody. And that's why I think it's important that we need, to, we need freedom from connecting our identity to our trauma and pain. We need freedom from connecting our identity to our trauma and pain. We need to find true freedom. That's why as a church we're passionate about helping people find true freedom. Ephesians 1.18 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. I pray that the eyes of your heart, how many guys know, like anybody ever did the thing with uh, two and three-year-olds? They're like, show me your eyes. And they go, and you're like, no, <laughs> right? Like, show, show me your eyes. And they do this. I don't know about you, but I've never once gone, show me your eyes. And they went like this, Right? So what is Paul talking about when he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened? And this is what I believe he means. I believe he means that the pain that you've experienced life through dictates the lenses that you view life through. Your heart feels what your brain processes. And I believe that it's important that we understand that the eyes of our heart, the lenses of our experience have to be freed from the trauma of our past so that we can see what God wants to do in the present and in the future more clearly. Listen, it's always going to be hard. For some of you, you haven't had an experience with God like one you're hoping to, and it's always going to be hard to truly experience God the way you want if you're only experiencing God through the lens of the pain of your past. 
And so freedom is necessary to experience God the way that we want. Because then what's really great is after we get free, say after, after we get free, we can truly become passionate in our pursuit of God's plan. We can truly be passionate in our pursuit of God's plan. Say plan. You see, because God has a plan for every person. I don't know about you, uh, but I kind of grew up in one of those things where it's like, when you get saved, it's like, all right, I know Jesus, I love Jesus, and now I just got to hang on for the rapture and try not to mess this whole thing up. Right? So it's like, I got to time it out right. You know what I mean? So when your friend asks you to do something questionable, you're like, ooh, I don't know. Because if I do that on Friday night and he comes back Saturday, like early morning, we might have messed this, you know what I mean? Years of trying, we missed the whole boat. Right? And I think the reality is we underestimate the fact that, that pursuing a life after God isn't about trying to, A, get everything right, B, time out our sins correctly, and C, it's not about living a life that, listen, almost kind of looks like an accident. It's about a life of plan. It's about a life of fulfillment. Listen, it's about a life of intentionality that God already pre-established. Ephesians 2 says he wants you to do the good works. He wants you to fulfill the call. He wants you to find freedom. He wants you to execute the plan. But listen, this is what it says that he had for you long ago. That means he's not figuring it out for you right now. He has a plan already. Yeah, that should cause some celebration for some of us that feel like God's just got us in the high seas of life. That he's actually got a plan. Exodus uh, 6, 6 and 7, he goes back to what God tells Moses. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. Now, judgment not being towards you, but being towards those who are against you. I will redeem you with an outstretched I will reach far to get you and redeem you for myself. Anybody got a favorite car in here? Does anyone have a car? Like, If you hit the lottery, you're like, I'm buying that car, right? Um, so I'm a car person. My favorite car is a 67 Shelby GT500. Um, and so that's my car. Some people are like, Lamborghinis. I'm like, Meh. All right, so, I mean, don't get me wrong. If you gave me one, I'm going to drive it, okay? So, but <laughs> my favorite car, my dream car, 1967 Shelby GT500. If you've ever seen the movie Gone in 60 Seconds, I want that car, all right? So um, if any of you feel like like God is leading your heart right now. I just want you to know that's the direction he may be leading you in. All right, so that's my car. I, I used to love watching the show Overhauling. I don't know if you guys remember that show, but they would take a car that someone had got and it was just kind of a mess and they really wanted to restore it, but they didn't have the time, the money, the effort, the energy, the whatever. And a guy named Chip Foose, who was a classic car, like customizer, restore. He would always do in like six days, he would do all this work to the car and make it look absolutely incredible. And one time they had a 67 GT500 on there and I just, I recorded it on my TiVo. <laughs> Young people, TiVo is a thing we used to have. No, okay. So, but I, I remember I recorded, I used to watch it over and I just love that episode. But here's the reality. What made Chip great at doing what he did with those cars is he could look into the damaged, boring, torn apart, rusted out vehicle and see what it was originally intended for. And listen to me, God has a way of looking into the damaged, boring, rusted out, hurt version of our lives and not forgetting what he originally intended for it. God has a way, listen to me, he doesn't intend for you to be a plan B, plan C, plan D, plan E. For some of us, we felt like maybe X, Y, Z, okay? We get into the number scale. Like, 
He doesn't have these deterred plans for our life. Listen to you. Everything he put in your life for plan A, he still has a desire to fulfill. And so we just have to pursue the life where he redeems the very thing he intended. Listen, he doesn't just want to renovate it and be like, well, you really messed this up, so we're going to try to make something good out of this. He wants to redeem it to what he originally had. Ephesians 1, 18, picking back up at that same verse, he said, I pray that your eyes, your height would be enlightened. Why? Look at the second half. In order that you may know the hope that he called you to. The original hope, the, the thing that he wanted for your life. Listen, God sees what you can't even see in yourself sometimes. He's that kind of God. And that makes us all those things. So the call, the freedom, the plan. Listen, all those things make us passionate in our pursuit of fulfillment for your life. Passionate in our pursuit of fulfillment in your life. You see, it's not enough to have a moment with God. I would say it's, it's not even enough just to get free from your past. Even though for many people, they'll never even reach that hurdle. But to find the plan that God has for you, and listen to me, and find it to the degree that once you have it, you can start using it to make a difference in other people's lives. So listen to me, that is true, genuine fulfillment. Has anybody ever given someone $5 that was hungry before? Has anyone ever done something nice for somebody else before that they couldn't do for themselves? How many guys know it did something in you even though you were doing something for them? You want to know why? Because God put something in you to have a desire to make a difference in other people's lives. He put that in you. And there's a way in which God wants to connect those pieces for you. That's why discovering God's plan and finding fulfillment, even as a church, we've figured out a way to make that possible even here through next steps and people serving on teams. Like, why? Because as we're serving people and we're high-fiving someone, listen to me, I've had people send us emails before where they're going, I didn't even know how I was going to get through this week. I didn't know that God, even, I, I was looking for someone to give me confidence that God still had my back, that he was still there for me. And it wasn't in our worship and it wasn't in our sermon. They said, I met someone at the door of your church. And when they high-fived me, they could tell something was off, so they gave me a hug. I don't even know their name. They had to describe them to me in an email so I could go tell them good job. They didn't even know the person, but listen to me, the person at the door was so convinced that what they were doing was going to change someone's life that they actually did it. And listen, our life should have a desire to be in those kinds of places. Because when we look at the Israelites, it was never, listen, when we look at them, God's bringing them out of slavery and he's bringing them somewhere else. It was never about what God was going to do for them. Listen to me, it was about what God was going to do through them. You see, God has a desire not just to do something for your life, but to do something through your life. Matter of fact, the way we phrase it is true fulfillment isn't about seeing what God is going to do for your life. It's about seeing what God is going to do with your life. He wants to do something through your life, with your life, to help get you moving. Exodus 6, 6 and 7, I will take you as my own people. I will be your God, and then you will know that I am the Lord. Listen, we should be proactively serving what God wants for us. That's why we put them in the lobby right now. Out there, there's a big poster with a bunch of different colored cards out there. We call those something extra cards. I want to encourage all of you to grab a handful of those on the way out today and just buy someone's food in the line behind you when you go through Chick-fil-A. Not today, all right, but because um, can't. Can't do that today. But when you're going through Chick-fil-A, when you're going through Starbucks, say, hey, listen, can you hand them this card and then pay for their meal? 
Don't forget to pay for the meal. Okay, don't just hand them the card, right? So, hey, I want to pay for their coffee. They're like, they got it for the whole office. It's like, all right, I want to pay for the car behind them, okay? So, but I want to, I want, I want to pay for their coffee. I want to pay for their Chick-fil-A. Swipe the card for $10, $11, 12 $15, inflation, am I right? So, anyway, swipe, swipe the card. Pay for their meal and say, hey, and, and instead of giving them a bill, will you just give them this card for me? And you'd be shocked how many times we get testimonies from people all over the city that go, I got a random act of kindness card. And all the card says is something extra to show you God loves you today. How different could it be if we riddled our city with these little something extra cards to show people that God loves them? And we made that much of a difference in people's lives, right? That's why Ephesians 1, 17 through 19, in the message paraphrase, he puts all of this together. He says, I ask, I ask the God of our Lord, of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory. And this is the way he phrases it, to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing him personally. That's the call to know God, your eyes focused and clear so you can see exactly what it is he's calling you to do. That's, that's getting free and finding God's plan. We, we call that finding freedom and discovering your purpose. And he says, grasp the immensity, say immensity. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust in him. And this is what it says. Tell me you wouldn't like to have this in your life. Endless energy and boundless strength. You see, when we're living life for ourselves, we tend to run out pretty quickly. But when we're living life for God and trying to impact God's people, there's this refilling that just kind of keeps happening. How many of us would love to have endless energy and boundless strength? And it's not because we're on our sixth espresso today. Right? That would be something in our lives. And so I want to take you to Exodus 32, because then this one thing happens, and I want to show it to you for just a second. You see, Moses had the moment at the bush, the burning bush, where it marked him, it changed him forever, right? And he goes and he gets God's people out of slavery. He does do that. Leads them across the Red Sea. Some of you know that story. Leads them through the Red Sea. They get into the desert, and, and we pick up at this one moment, because I think it's interesting that Moses had, a, Moses had this moment with God but the people still hadn't quite gotten there yet. And in, Moses, uh, in Exodus chapter 32, Moses goes up on the mountain to meet with God, and the people stay down below. And this is what it says. It says, when the people saw that Moses was so long and coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come, make us gods who will go before us. In other words, Moses is taking too long with God, so make us new gods. Now, we read that and go, what a bunch of morons, don't we? But has God ever took too long in your life to the degree that you started worshiping your job instead of him before? So maybe it's not as far-fetched for us as we might think. Make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses, which I love he went from like, oh, Moses, the champion, to like, ah, this guy. As for this fellow Moses who brought us out of Egypt, we don't even know what's happened to him. Because it's funny, in our moment of uncertainty, we tend to go back to where we came from. So we don't know what happened to him. So Aaron makes for them a golden calf. They gather all their necklaces and jewelry. He melts it all down, makes a golden calf for them. And I think this is the important part that I, I believe God wants all of us to see. You see, there was a turning point when Moses was on Mount Sinai, when he was on that mountain. The turning point where they went from experience God, experiencing God 
to knowing and trusting God. From they went from getting his people out of Egypt to getting Egypt out of his people. A turning point from going from making a promise to redeem them, from them actually experiencing that redemption. There was a turning point between God working for them and then them eventually getting to the place that God worked through them. And I believe it was the moment that Moses came down the mountain. Because in Exodus 34, verse 29, this is what it says about what he looked like when he came down the mountain. When Moses came down Mount Sinai carrying the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, he wasn't aware that his face had become radiant because he had been with the Lord. In other words, he says this, he wasn't aware that his time with God had made it so obvious that he was with him that it showed to everyone else. And I believe that was the moment that the people that were with Moses noticed that God's not just doing something for Moses and us. And he didn't just do something in the past. He intends to do it right now. And, and what could happen, listen to me, if your experience with God became so radiant in your life that it showed to everyone around you? His face was radiant because it was obvious he had been with the Lord. And for us at TC, I want you to know something. We lay it all down to experience God's presence where we see God's plan transform God's people. We'll lay it all down. Nothing else matters. And for some of you, maybe you've gone through different seasons in your life and maybe you just haven't had an opportunity to meet God. But I'm here to tell you, there's a genuine desire for all of us to have an experience with God. And we didn't want you to leave today without having your own opportunity to do that. And one of the best ways for me to do that is through song. And so we're going to bring out Anna, one of our singers. She's going to sing a song. And I just pray that through this, it gives you the opportunity to meet God in a powerful way. He spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of life. And as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born. In the vapor of your breath, the planets grow. If the stars See your heart in everything you made. 
Stand with me across this place. In Acts chapter 4, verse 13, it says, When they, talking about the people around, saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I'm here to tell you today, God desires that your experience with him, listen to me, it wouldn't stop with you. May the people around us be astonished at who we are, where we've come from, the life that we've lived. And because they know perhaps who we used to be, can see all the things about life that we're not, listen to me, I pray that everyone is amazed because they can see that you've been with God. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we can have this confidence that you are with us, but more importantly, that the experience we have with you doesn't stop with, with us, that you desire that that this experience would lead to freedom, that this freedom would lead to your plan and that this plan would lead to this fulfillment in our lives and even the fulfillment in our lives, God, would, would then impact other people that, that people could see as they come around us that, that I, I don't know what it is that he has. I don't know what it is that she has, but there's just something different and whatever it is, I, I, want, I want that experience. So God, I pray that we would go from the bush to the mountain God, and we could have our experience and then an experience that would lead others closer to you. That's our heart. That's our desire. And I pray for every person that's here, God, that you would help them get to that place, that our life could not be what you're gonna do for me, but what you're gonna do through me. Because that's a fulfilled life with you. We thank you today and we love you. If you're here today, friends, if you're watching online, you say, I, I need God in my life, but I know there's sin in my life that separated me from him. And I don't know that I've ever really known him, but I'm ready to say yes to him. The reality is sin separates us all from God. But when we come to God, we can put our faith in him that when he died on the cross, he paid for those sins. And today, if you're here in this place and you're ready to make that commitment, then I wanna lead you in this prayer and this prayer puts words to your belief that when he died on the cross, he died for your sins. And today you can be saved and with him for eternity. And so I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me and the whole church will pray it with you. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. I believe you died for me. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start. I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those who prayed that perhaps for the first time. We celebrate with you.
Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. MyTC.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.